this is Dr. Nancy O'Reilly, and you're listening to Conversations with Smart, Amazing Women. Welcome. Each week, we bring you a woman who uses her talents to help other women succeed at work and in life. I've enjoyed hearing their stories for more than 10 years and chose 19 of them to contribute to my earlier book, Leading Women, which is still available at Barnes & Noble and, of course, your area bookstores. Now I'm excited to announce my new book, In This Together, How Successful Women Support Each Other in Work and Life, which came out just recently, January 8, 2019. I'm so excited about this new book. I chose some of the most amazing women who, who were quoted to talk about In This Together and about their own work on the behalf of women. This week, I'm pleased to introduce Rayona Sharpsnack. Rayona is the founder and CEO of the Institute of Gender Partnership and the Institute of Women's Leadership, teaching and consulting on women's leadership, diversity, inclusion, and gender partnership. She's done this for over 25 years. It's one of the first to foresee that more women doesn't completely solve an organization's problem. Instead, women and men need to work together in partnership to increase profits and productivity of our companies and, of course, our world. Rayona has won numerous awards and taught or coached more than 20,000 people in government, Fortune 500 companies, and social profit organizations in her concepts of contextual leadership, which is also explained in her book, Trade Up, Five Steps for Redesigning Your Leadership and Life from the Inside Out. We've talked about Rayona's forward-thinking approach to gender partnership in our book, In This Together, and sponsored the Guys Who Get It Award, which she kicked off in 2017. So I'm so excited to talk to her. Rayona, welcome to Conversations with Smart, Amazing People. Thank you. Rayana, so happy that you're with me. I'm excited about what you're doing. Uh, I think we're kindred souls, definitely been working alongside each other, just didn't know it. Welcome. Yes. Yes. Well, thank you so much, and you're doing wonderful work, so I'm glad to be part of it in any way. Well, thank you. Thank you. You know, what I'm really excited about is the Guys Who Get It Awards, because this is something, and I probably wouldn't have said this five years ago. I'm still walking around with my big stick and, and uh I, I put my stick down. I am now realizing my well. My latest book is called "In This Together," and we talk yes. about the guys who get it awards because we, unless we can all come together and get this done, it's just going to take a long, long time. It's silly for us to not work together. So I'm I'm on the same page now. I'm very happy. Great, wonderful. <laughs> well. Uh, but same with me. Better late than never. I certainly was walking around with my stick for a long time and realize it wasn't getting the job done so no uh uh-uh. no yeah. in fact and and I guess the hardest part for me too is to realize that many of the wars that I was facing or some of the obstacles I were facing was actually the women who were getting in my way and the women who were trying to sabotage me so you know I've learned I've learned a lot since then and so now it's about picking your battles and choosing you know the places that you can make the most uh headway and and be most effective so yeah it's been a it's been an interesting journey but one that i've totally enjoyed and i always like it when i meet another another fellow traveler on the journey right well Well, me too but let's talk let's talk about you because uh this is important because i i think again when we tell stories about women who have done some amazing things and what they're doing and where they've come from. Because, again, again, most women look at other women who are successful and doing well, that it must have been easy for her. 
you and I both know that's not the way it works. We've all had our ups and downs and, uh, you know, peaks and valleys. And so I always start with that. The question is, how did you get to be the rayon I'm talking to today? Well, I suppose, especially related to the whole area of gender partnership, which has been my life's work, it Mm -hmm. uh, started growing up in a small rural town in California with three older brothers and having them as my only playmates for the most part. Yeah. And so if I wanted to have someone to play with, I had to play whatever they were playing and mostly they played sports. So right. um, I had to get good at that. And so by the time I was a junior in high school, I had achieved quite a bit uh, athletically and uh, no one in my family had ever gone to college. So I wanted to go to college and went into the guidance counselor and asked for a sports scholarship. Yeah. And, um, you know, I was the in a school of about 700, I was probably in the top five athletes, boys uh-huh. or girls. Uh-huh. And um, she informed me that there were no sports scholarship for girls and huh. that um, that was a losing battle. So I went ahead and self-funded myself through college. But when I showed up as a freshman, I got myself on the women's athletic board as the student representative. And the big issue of the day was Title IX. Right. Um, so in addition to playing four sports all four years, I served on the board and we passed that legislation the year I graduated. So I didn't get to personally benefit from it, but I certainly have seen the millions of uh, beneficiaries since then. So absolutely that, that kind of put me on a path. And then I had a kind of experience in professional softball where I had a similar kind of thing where I really bumped up against gender inequality and Mm -hmm. took a stand and led a group out on strike to change it and you know there again we were able to make significant inroads but it's not easy work and as long as I've been at it which I would say 50 years now Mm. we're making modest progress and we just need to keep going yeah yeah it's amazing that it's 2019 and we are where we are in relation to the the rest of the world you know we've seen women in other countries be leaders for some time you know and then we look at the United States which is supposed to be the most uh, as far as equality you know and as far as the opportunities that we are I think the last last figures I saw was 12 it may have gotten better since the last election but 12 No un- un- no unfortunately it's gotten worse Oh, has it? What What is yeah. it now? Well, I, I, this may be the wrong number, so let's not um, use it. Um, okay. Okay. You know, but significantly lower than that. And, wow. and I think when you see countries like Rwanda and others that are so far ahead of us that it's yeah. embarrassing. Yeah. Um, it yeah. kind of speaks to how much more there is to do. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, let's talk about ways to do it. How about that? That's probably the best. Yeah. Part. Yeah. That's my favorite topic. <laughs> that and, is. And if I. You know, if I can, Nancy, I want to uh, just share with you that my vision from the very beginning, you know, going back um, 30 plus years, was that in order to crack the code on gender equality, we had to work on three fronts all at the same time. Okay. Uh, First one being something you mentioned earlier, which is women empowering women with and for each other. Right. So all the ways in which we can lift each other up. The second thing was engaging men as allies and advocates. And that's been the lion's share of my uh, last 20 years. And then addressing and removing institutional barriers and blind spots. So if you you don't work on all three simultaneously, you're not likely to get enough traction to really change the ecosystem. Well, yeah, it's definitely a systemic thing. 
well, we haven't talked about it, but of course it's still there is the bias that women have towards themselves and towards mm-hmm. other women. You know, we all have biases, and, and we all know they exist, but until women actually understand how that, those biases are interfering with their own progress and interfering with the progress of, of other women and men, it will continue to butt our heads. You know, I think it's getting better and better. There are more and more women and men understanding that we really do have to understand that we're all unique and different. You know, not the male-female so much as, again, that we're all unique and different. We all have different talents and abilities. And, you know, and I'm starting to hear that more and more. We're talking about the human factor more, which is, I think, uh, amazing. I just became a part of a group that's, that's what it's called the fifth element. That's the whole premise. The fifth element is the human factor. It's the human element. So when we do get into the gender, it does get, what's a good word? Um, It gets convoluted. And and sometimes it distracts from the, the actual thing that we need to do, which is to work together, whether we're men working together with men or men working with women or whatever the whatever the combination might be is that you know it's the human factor what do we want to accomplish what is the outcome what is the goal for me it's always living in a better world make it a better world and and only we can do that if we work together yeah i i actually went out on a limb um when i started the institute 20 something years ago and uh, put a stake in the ground and said the future of civilization is completely dependent upon the full partnership of men and women. Yeah. And I, I sure enough, it. here we come as we enter uh, 2019 to your point. Yeah. Here we see that, you know, without the gender balanced teams uh, in government and commerce and education, et cetera, we're not going to solve these large thorny problems that are, you know, a threat to civilization. Yeah. Well, Women Connect for Good was was basically founded on one premise and one premise only, and and it's going to it's evolving and changing even as we're speaking. Is that basically support the mission and the aspirations of other women? It's very simple. I mean, that's it. Mm-hmm. That's all. That's all I do. Women Connect for Good, and it was so amazing. I was doing a podcast similar to this one today, and I was asking this woman. I said. Uh, you know, Mary, how can I help you? You know, she had a book, she was an author, she had a mission. And I said, well, how can I help you, Mary, to do what you're doing? You know, it got it was very, very quiet on the other end of the phone. I said, Mary, are you still there? And this little voice said, you mean you want to help me? And that's basically where Women Connect for Good came from, was that one woman saying to me in such a, such a way, because I was truly, you know, you mean you want to help me. And I think that's where we are in this world is that we really do want to help each other. You know, there's no payoff per se. There's no conditions. But I really I really want to help you. And, and when yeah. that happens, something amazing happens. And then people can turn around and say, well, how can I help you? Well, tell me about how you how, about this Good Guy Award. Where did this come from? Because I think it was a fantastic idea. I know it's a couple of years old. I want to see where it's at today. I was reading some of the honorees and some of the things about them, and I was also reading the uh, criteria. And you can go over that a little bit too. How did you choose these guys, and where did this concept come come from? I I love this idea. It's stolen actually from Save the Children. Oh, and. Okay. It's a story of this couple, Jerry and Monique Sternum, who work for Save the Children, and there was a large health crisis um, in Vietnam um, many years ago, and 
they went on a mission to find out what was happening there that all the, you know, million kids were starving to death every year. And they were like, this is crazy. And, and they went in and they started observing and started to notice that across the country, there were several, several villages that had pockets of viability where Mm -hmm. there was no maternal death rate, birth rates or deaths. There was healthy, happy children um, in the same, almost exact same conditions as the other ones around the rest of the country that were starving to death. So they kept observing, kept observing, and it turns out that there was this ritual that the mothers did each morning, which was they would grab their pot off the fire pit mm-hmm. and take it down to the river and fill it with water and then fill it with uh, river weeds. So they would pick all the you know weeds out of the river and put them in there and, and bring it back and boil it up for their children for soup. And um, in the villages where they were viable, the mothers were throwing in uh, a handful of river crabs or an occasional river snake. Mm-hmm. And so, of course, their children were getting protein, right? Uh, whereas the other ones were only getting carbohydrates. So sure. they decided to set up these educational seminars across the country, and they had the women who lived into in the viable uh, villages teach the classes. Uh-huh. And the name of the seminar was called Save Your Children. Oh, and wow. they went on to talk about nutrition and the difference between carbohydrates and protein and so forth. And the tuition to get in the class was you had to bring a handful of river weeds and either a handful of river crabs or a snake or something <laughs> else, you know, some animal. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so sure enough, within something like 18 months, they had basically eradicated the starvation issue. Wow. And uh, Jerry and Monique were so uh, just, you know, consumed by the, the miraculousness of this that they went on to study other things within other ecosystems, and they coined this phrase, amplify positive deviation. Mm-hmm. And what it is is when you look at an ecosystem, there are all, all kinds of forces at work that are going on, and they're uh, directing the ecosystem in a particular way. Um, but there's always some forces within that ecosystem that are trying to direct it in a different direction. Uh-huh. And if you identify the direction you want the ecosystem to go and you amplify and disseminate best practices, then you get a change in the direction of the ecosystem, the expanse of the ecosystem, et cetera. So I thought it would be a similar kind of thing if we could amplify and disseminate the men who are practicing gender partnership, including some of their promising or best practices, mm-hmm. so that other guys could never go to sleep saying, I didn't know what to do. Yeah. yeah. And they also, you know, as it turns out, it created quite a buzz around guys that wanted to have that award. They wanted sure. to put that plaque up in their office and they want to put people on notice, hey, I get it, I care, I'm on your side. Yeah. And yeah. so that's really the the genesis of it, and we've been very, very proud of that. Well, and you should be. I wish we could uh, blast that everywhere. I mean, we've, we've definitely put it on the website, and we're promoting it. And uh, to tell you the truth, we're going to steal it too, so get, get ready. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was I, – I spoke, and I had the honor of speaking in uh, – 
in Oxford, the Scroll Conference was going on, which I guess has been going on for 20 years. And it's it's really basically people who are doing just amazing things in the world to to help others. And anyway, the fifth element is this organization that I was telling you about. But basically talking about the book, In This Together, you know, and how, how we have to, you know, as far as gender equality, it's really about men and women working together. And, you know, and it's interesting because I've, I've talked a lot when I'm usually talking. It's usually a group of women uh, more so. And this, this was a very uh, uh, gender equality group, to say the least. And, you know, so it, it seemed even more important to really emphasize because in the book we talk about male allies and male advocates. And, uh, and it was interesting. Uh, Simon and Schuster really didn't want us to put that chapter in. And it was it was kind of like, what? What do you mean? You know, it was almost they wanted it to be, you know, women working with women, and and they really almost wanted to keep that chapter out. And we said, no, 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 we've got to put this chapter in. So it's in the book about how men can, again, help women advance and, and asking men to help and so forth. But anyway, it was interesting to watch and almost feel the the men started to breathe, you know, as <laughs> – yeah, <laughs> you know how yeah. it is. They they actually take a breath, as if yeah. you know, instead of instead of waiting to get hammered, you know, I'm ta- you, you talk about them and how much help and how important it is to work together. And and to me, you know, it's like the evolution of Women Connect for Good. And I said to myself, My God, when did, how long is it going to take for you to understand this? And men came up to me more so than women and said, Wow, thank you. Thank you so much. I thank you so much for what you said. Finally, you know, I'm getting it. I'm evolving and I'm getting it. So this is this is what I got to do. I have to do this now. I mean, it's it's no doubt in my in my world that it has to change. Not that I, again, I really like your three your three pieces. You know, women have to support each other. We have to have institutional changes, but we have to engage men, helping women to advance and vice versa. You know, we've got to do all three of those for it to be effective. And so anything that we can learn or steal from you, we're, we're all, I've, I've been downloading everything. I've got it all right here in front of me right now. So, um, no, but I mean, I would like to help promote what you're doing and vice versa. I mean, what, how we could partner and collaborate with each other is extremely important to me. Oh, good. Well, thank you for that. And keep doing what you're doing because it's so important, the, the reach you've got and the following you've got. And, yeah. um, you know, well, the book will take it to a whole new level. We're hoping for that. Uh, Leading Women is still out there, and it's doing well. This book is it came out the first part of January. It's not it's not moving quite as fast as we wanted, but we're going to do a uh, documentary in in July. Hopefully, it'll show in September. You know, we we just have to keep talking about it and doing it and and supporting each other. And this huge this huge election coming up. <laughs> We've had we had a right. great election last time with with the uh, uh, Congress, uh, not the Senate so much, but that we are we are making headway as far as getting some gender equality, uh, you know, and 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 again the the cross representation and the diversity uh, that is so important for us to bring all these voices together is is so valuable. I can't I can't even begin to say that more and more. But uh, so what what is your take today? Uh, 2019. What again? We talked about the three pillars, which I agree are absolutely correct. But what are the what are some of the things that men and women can start doing today to move that dial? Start moving the dial. Yeah, you know, I would say there's lots of 
what I would consider low-hanging fruit uh, that's out there of uh, things that everyday people can do. Um, You know, certainly for guys, understanding the difference between mentorship and sponsorship I've found to be very important. It's it's not commonly distinguished, and so they think they're doing sponsorship, but they're really – doing mentorship, which is fine. It's just not the same as putting your badge on the table. So sure. um, that's something that would be very useful. A lot of it is stuff guys can do just by paying attention. And that's part of the awakening process is noticing, you know, when women in the discussion are holding back or, you know, kind of sitting, they, they'll come into a room and they'll sit around the perimeter and sit yeah. up at the table. Where yeah. They don't take a seat at the table. So, yeah. Yep. Yeah, I mean, um, so certainly if if she doesn't offer up anything in the discussion, not to move on until you say, say, Joyce, uh, do you see anything else here that we've missed or can you right. shed some light on this? That really helps. And, you know, in the same way, if a guy inadvertently takes a woman's idea and, and espouses it as his own, which is often a function of brain chemistry where – by the time her idea makes its way around the circuit in his brain, mm-hmm. uh, he finally gets it 10 minutes later. He does think it's his idea. Yeah. Um, so having and so, having does everybody, allies, and so does everybody else, you know. Yeah, and having male allies re-attribute, uh, uh, you know, gee, that was uh, that was Denise's idea. Uh, Denise, is that what the point you were wanting to make before when you put that? So it's kind of take it back to the origination. Yeah. And you know, how, great, sure how wonderful know. that you both think that way. That's wonderful. Even though yeah. she's that's a great idea. She said it, but boy, you you're really catching that. That's fantastic. Yeah. And then uh another one is uh providing timely and constructive feedback. I think um men I've certainly talked with hundreds of executives who um admit that they give women softer feedback than men because they don't want them to cry or they don't want to yeah. hurt their feelings or you know, it's all the social stuff from growing up and and they don't realize that they're disadvantaging her um, right. by not giving her that yeah. really yeah, that protection's not helping anybody. Yeah. Right. Right. And and there's a lot actually that falls under what I would call the category of benevolent patriarchy or to be less generous benevolent sexism where guys are making decisions about women's assignments or something. So maybe this woman um, is a candidate for a really tough stretch assignment that's up, and it's a it's a stepping stone to becoming a general manager or whatever. And mm-hmm. and then the guys that are on the selection committee decide, oh, well, she just she's got those three young kids. I think this would be asking her too much. So yeah. let's go ahead and give it to Dwayne. And it's all with good intent and all with um, – you know, a sense of care and concern, but they don't realize that they've just taken away her choice, yeah. uh, which she can decide according to her family's needs what she wants. So, I mean, there's just so many things, so many things. Yeah. Um, challenging our basic assumptions about what does leadership look like or mm-hmm. what does the volume of a voice um, matter in right. terms of authority or effectiveness or so forth. So, I just see, you know, hundreds of things, really, that once you're aware, you start to see all these nuanced ways that you can be helpful. Yeah, but I'm I'm waking up to, I'm awake, I'm waking up, 
is that when we ask men for help, but here's the ways you can help me and vice versa, how can I help you? When we start to get into that how can I help you mode, we get into a much different whole different venue. And I think that's part of it right there. When women ask each other to help, vice versa, and men also, we're, we get into this whole different dialogue that, you know, I mean, the, the outcome of any company or, or government or whatever the system may be is to be successful. And how you get there is how everyone comes together to work on that same mission and that that same uh, outcome, you know. And I, and I think that's the – more and more companies are, are really beginning to understand when they can get employees to really get behind what they believe in and how it's going to change the world and how they're a part of that. We start to see a, a whole systemic change, but it, it's it's not just one piece. It's the whole package. It's all the pieces coming together to make that happen. So, I mean, I, I mean, I really feel that's important. Is that when we start talking about the puzzle and how the pieces fit together, I, I think it's going to make a lot more sense. And and I'm all behind the what you're saying. Absolutely, I, I I'm. I'm, I'm there. I'm finally there. I'm 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 parked on the corner now. I'm 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 putting my car in that parking spot now. Really great, and you'll take a lot of folks with you. Well, good, good. Well, there's other parking spaces, so we're going to fill those up too. But uh, so, how can I help you? By the way, Rayona, what's what's well, how can we help you? You know, actually, uh, what you're doing helps me because my uh, as I get towards semi-retirement and you know doing less in the workplace and more at home with my grandkids and my sure. community and stuff. I rely on folks like you and Women for Good to keep carrying the torch. And, you know, I feel like I've been incredibly blessed in the course of my lifetime. And I do want some time to just, you know, slow down and smell the roses and enjoy the fruits of my labor. (laughs) And and as you should, and as you you have worked very hard for. Well, there there are some great things that are going on, and, and we do need to engage the millennials and the Gen X. We need to start bring. I mean, we need to bring more and more young people into this process, and that that's kind of what we're working on now. I'm I'm also the chair of Take the Lead, which is a leadership, uh, a, a national leadership program to uh, teach curriculum for women's leadership across our country, and it's it's based on cohorts. Cohorts meaning uh, every cohort, which would be like, uh, for example, law, for example, business, for for example, journal journalism. Fifty women change the world in journalism. Fifty women change the world in business and so we're doing these these trainings and we're building these communities uh we just finished one in journalism at uh at the ford foundation which uh supported it and what is so wonderful and i can tell you this is when here are professionals that are coming together these are women professionals top women that were basically nominated by their peers to be in these trainings uh, are coming back after the training is completed and go. This was life changing. You know, I have my sisters now. I have a, I have a support system where I've never had one before. And so, you know, there is this systemic change that's that's changing and growing. And again, there's more and more younger women joining this this community. So we are doing some some many great things. And Women Connect for Good is is I can I can guarantee you is partnering with organizations that that get it. You know, <laughs> they, these are these are women who get it. You know what I mean? We need you know maybe yeah. that's what we need. Women who get it awards. But maybe the guys and girls who get it. Maybe that's what we need is a combination. Yeah, I agree. You know, it's uh, I don't know that I'll ever slow down. You know, I definitely have got. 
this last book, and, and I, but I bought a horse ranch, so I'm into horses now. So, <laughs> so mm-hmm. I, I've, I've become really, really uh, super involved. But I want to use horses for women's leadership, so I'm, I've used up using that as my next uh, next chapter. But no, I think it's I think it's great. We'll, we'll continue to build on what you're doing, Rihanna, which is fantastic. And so I just wanted to let you know that that what you've done is an inspiration to us. And we want to continue to work on what you're working on and continue to grow this community, both men and women. Thank you. Thank you so much. And Godspeed with all the work you're doing. Well, thank you so much. Let's stay in touch and uh, keep keep me posted if something comes up and there's something that we can help promote. Please let us do that.